folks. Welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Amers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a second episode of Creative Language Learning, um, a little series of interviews that I am conducting for the Fluent Language blog, which you can read over at fluentlanguage.co.uk. Um, today, I'm holding my microphone because it used to be on this um, gorilla pot stand and the gorilla pot stand has magically disappeared probably because it's not mine it's my boyfriend's so <laughs> and there's a cat so we're all professional this morning and ready to go into the corporate world and perform um and as such i am presenting you a lovely interview with a very very generous man who gave me some of his time and so a lot of information his name is peter rodway from specialist language solutions and specialist language solutions teach languages to english-speaking businesses um, so they are if you want to go and export if you want to work in another country if your company is foreign owned you don't understand what your boss is saying these are the people to go to, Specialist Language Solutions. Um, we had a really interesting conversation. We discussed um, some programs for going abroad. We discussed um, what is the absolutely essential ingredient for learning a foreign language if you're doing it for your job. And we also talked about whether companies in England even need language skills because everybody speaks English in the world, right? Um, so this is promising to be really, really interesting. Um, and if you either fast forward or stay on till the end, we're also going to talk about cultural differences between Germans, Japanese and Brits, which I thought was really interesting. Um, probably proper Germans. Don't let their cat meow all over the podcasts. Um, and in the end, we also talked about some career tips and where do you put your language on your CV? My question to Peter Rodway. So hopefully, I think you should really enjoy this. And if we're ready, let's just go straight to the interview. Hey, Peter. So my name is Peter Rodway. Um, I'm the director of a company called Specialist Language Courses. Um, we are um, an educational consultancy, corporate training organization and agency. Mm -hmm. And how did you get into language teaching or language learning? Are you a learner yourself? Um, I would like to think I was a learner, but I think in all honesty, you, you do need to dedicate you know, a little bit of, your, of time um, to learning a language effectively. And running a business, a small business, um, I don't have a lot of time, unfortunately. So um, my classroom learning um, happened a long time ago. I, I speak Japanese to uh, an intermediate level. Very good. Did you live in Japan? Yes, yeah, I did. Yeah, I lived there for um, four years. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, my teaching background, teaching experience comes from there. I, I, I took the, the route that might be familiar to you and to the people that read your blog, which is um, going out to Asia to teach English. Oh, yes, of course. There's various schemes that you can do. I'm, I'm aware of JET. Yep, JET, JET is, a, is a really good one. Um, the JET scheme... You can stay. Don't quote me on this, although you're quoting me on this. Um, <laughs> I think it's a, a two-year period, um, perhaps more. Um, mm -hmm. jet, jet scheme, you tend to be placed in 
more rural areas, um, so away from the from the bigger cities, mm-hmm. um, which is a wonderful experience. Um, As it's in, a government in, scheme, if I'm correct. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's serving, so usually kind of serving smaller communities. Um, and I've met people, I wasn't on the jet scheme myself, but I've met people that were, um, and they had a, you know, a really wonderful time in, in those places. Mm-hmm. These days you work obviously with businesses. Is that your main area? Your main clients are businesses? Yes, that's right. Um, so when I, when I came back from Japan, um, I worked with a, a great company in Brighton um, called uh, Cactus Language Training, where I was the head of their corporate training department. And that's where I um, kind of gained my experience working with, with businesses. Um, so, um, you know, the client base there is was is similar to the client base that we that we serve now at specialist language courses um which is you know really dealing with um businesses and companies primarily in the uk but internationally as well um those are primarily finance companies um fashion companies um energy companies and relocation companies Oh, that's very interesting. And how does it work? Do you, the companies approach you? Do you go out looking for them? Do they do they know they have a need before? before yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's broken down in, in 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 a few different kind of fairly easily to define ways. There, there are language training programs that go across a company. So so a large um, number of, of potential trainees, where it's a decision that's been taken. Um, you know, perhaps by group training or, you know, the HR director, um, somebody like that, where, um, you know, it may or may not go out to tender. You, you receive private and public tenders. Um, big language training companies do. We're, we're not a big one yet ourselves, but oh, see, um, yes. we, 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 we still receive the odd tender request. Mm-hmm. Um, those are fairly, I would say, complicated affairs. Um, you know, you, you have to put a good pitch together and a, and a, and a good tender response together. So those are the larger ones, um, the kind of turnkey projects. Um, but also you, you'll get much um, smaller um, projects, you know, where it's maybe an individual or a group of people um, in an office um, somewhere in the UK or internationally. And due to the, you know, the budgets of that, that's normally a, a team leader or an office manager who's identified a need um, to support their staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in, in those ones, it's, it's normally um, a case of, you know, writing a, a proposal, having a meeting with them, um, doing a training needs analysis and then and proposing something back to them. Mm. What's, the, what's the most fun industry to work in? Fun industry? I think it depends on your definition of fun. Uh, <laughs> um, let, me, let me think. Um, I've, I've, it's always been interesting uh, working with, with fashion companies because you get to see a little bit of the, the inside of, of, of how those companies work. And, of course, there's lots of beautiful people wandering around in their offices. Um, so, it's, so it's interesting to go for a meeting there. Um, I've found um, a lot of the, 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 the finance companies, there's, I, I won't say anything about any particular companies in, in case they end up listening to this, but there's a real um, difference in culture in a lot of finance companies. You, you, you might expect them to all be kind of similar from the outside but, there, but there's a real um, mix of, of different ways of working and, and different people working for big financial companies um, you know for example in the Canary Wharf area um, so I've always found that interesting as well. Oh that's very interesting um, and have you ever because obviously you've, you're probably a bit aware of what kind of things I write on on my blog and mm. I, I quite often come back to the 
I quite often come back to the topics around adult learning yes. and whether there is a cut-off age about language learning, which I personally don't believe in at all. Right. Um, and also whether there are certain people who are more capable than others. So have you ever, because you must have, <sighs> you must have taught thousands of people, yeah, have I you think... ever found anyone who's completely incapable? Do you find people who struggle more? <laughs> um, I think, no, I, I think with, with company training, I think the reality is if a, if a company has decided to spend um, training budget on somebody for a language course, which, you know, compared to some forms of training is probably considered a little bit of a luxury, um, those um, individuals or groups, um, you know, they're, they're, they're probably well-valued um, employees and those types of companies who are spending money, you know, they're well-valued employees in general. Um, I don't, don't want to kind of use too broad a brush, but in general, they're, they're very intelligent, articulate, educated people to begin with, um, you know, to, to be in those kind of positions. Um, so, yes, the, the types of people that go on these, these corporate language training courses, they're, um, you know, they can apply themselves, they can still learn, um, and, you know, the, the results are, are usually fairly good. The only, the only people who, who can't really kind of get on, um, I would say, it's not, not to do with their um, innate abilities. Um, it's more to do with how time poor they are and the fact that they can't apply the correct amount of time to their studies. You know, they, they certainly can't do any homework or <laughs> anything like that. Oh, yes, I, I, I can f come across that also. So I, I kind of agree with you on that one. Do you have any tips or what kind of tips do you give them if you see that they're really struggling but they want to make it work? Yes, um, I think you, you need to relate it back to a few things for these people. Um, one is, um, you know, of course, bringing it back to, well, there is a business need. So, you know, don't, don't feel bad about, you know, giving up some of your time to do this because it is being paid for by the company. It is a business need. It is going to affect your, your productivity at work. So, you know, go ahead and, and, and put the effort in. Um, the other is, you know, if, you're, if they're working, a lot of them are working internationally um, and there's no reason that they can't, you know, still learn a language while while having a little bit of fun you know they they, they can talk to their their clients or their their colleagues or their counterparts about something non-business related and still um use the language which which is something they should be doing um and then for me just in terms of a, a learning tip i uh, you know back from when i was a teacher and, and you'll probably agree with this kirsten is you know you, you don't have to you know learn from a textbook or, or learn grammatical structures it, it's probably best if you can spend some of your own time learning through um, a medium that, that's interesting or fun to you, you know, reading a, a comic book, watching a movie, something like that, so that you're still, yeah, you're still exposed to the, to the language. Mm -hmm. And two questions that I had for you about companies in particular and using a language in your career, etc. Yeah. And the yeah. first one is really, does a company in England or yeah. it generally in the English-speaking world where so many people believe and potentially rightfully believe that they don't really need to learn a foreign language because the world speaks English, which is rather true in the business world in particular. Do they ever really need to train their employees in another language? Why do they do it? 
Yes, there's, there's, there's quite a few reasons. Um, one major one, um, one thing I should probably point out about big multinational companies in London, where most of our clients are, um, you know, sadly for um, British uh, workforce, um, or not sadly, but it's just the way it is, um, a lot of these people working in these companies are international people. You know, you, you, you go to, um, you know, an energy company, a finance company, a fashion company, and, you know, it's not all Brits working in those offices. It, it's, it's Europeans, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's Asian people. So, yes, there are, you know, genuine uh, language needs in there. Um, also, they're in multicultural teams. Um, so they may need, they may have language um, issues to help them work together. Um, also, there's a, another potential that it's um, not UK owned the company, so foreign ownership. You know, if you're working in a London office, but the the parent company is Japanese or Italian, you may want to learn a little bit about your employers um, and gain an insight into into their. Um, structure through language, which, as you know, you can. You can learn a lot about um, culture through through language learning, and probably oh, get a, le- a, a you can probably get a bit of a leg up as well. You know, mm-hmm. if you're working for a Russian finance company and, and you learn a bit of Russian, um, you're probably better able to communicate with your with your seniors and um, you know and, and people in in head office in Moscow. Yes, and uh, that's particularly a point I really want to draw attention to because I think you're saying something so important there that. When you're learning a language, you always learn. You always learn more than just the language. Yes. And you enter the, you enter into life in a different, completely different world, in a sense. So I, yeah. I, I, a lot of people use the word culture. So you, you just, you know, you become familiar with a culture on a level that you can't just read about. Absolutely. Um, just understanding how um, a certain uh, language will convey um, a certain idea or a certain image, the, the, the words that are used, the structures that are used, um, in some, sometimes, depending on the language, are, are very different to, um, to English. And you know, English might not even be your mother tongue, but, it, but it's you know, different to your mother tongue. And you think, well, why do they say it like that? Why do they use this word? Um, you know, and, and what's the, the underlying meaning culturally from, from where, uh, where that's come from? Oh, absolutely. I had a, a very interesting experience with a group um, of individuals that I teach at the moment, and we were sorting German words into positive, negative, or neutral. Mm-hmm. And the German word praktisch, practical, yep. to me, and probably to a lot of people in German, is an absolute positive. Right. If something's practical, it's really, you know, that's good. You're going to buy it because it's practical. It's an so adverb this is, word. This is neutral to us, probably. Absolutely. They all yeah. put it in neutral. And I, I, to me, that was like, what? <laughs> this isn't yeah. neutral. This is a great thing. But, and that was very, it was very telling. So there is that, there is a real, there is a real truth in how you, you see the world through language. Yeah, absolutely, uh, very, very much so. And you know, that when I I remember from when I was learning Japanese, there are a lot of um, words that have a negative connotation—not rude words, but just um, you know things like um, you know saying something, saying it's very bad or very difficult. Um, and the Japanese will will find a different way of saying that, um, even though you're, the English translation, I'm, I'm quite happy using those those negative terms. Um, culturally, in in Japan, sometimes it, it's better to to find a different way of saying it. Oh yeah, and I mean, uh, equally having you know having come from a foreign country and worked in Britain, uh, Brits hedge an awful lot as well, which means yeah. that they they cover up what they're really saying. <laughs> yes, so if they yes. say you might want to reconsider, that's a really bad thing. Whereas in yeah. Germany, if somebody said you might want to reconsider, you go, yeah, but I won't. <laughs> yeah. no, you might want to reconsider. It probably means you better go away and do it again. 
exactly. in English. It, yeah, yeah, it exactly. means leave it. This is terrible. <laughs> That's very true. And you know, that's an interesting thing about business English as well. There's, there's a lot of, um, kind of subtleties to, to business English that, um, senior people who, whose English, English is not their mother tongue and working in London, it's very interesting for them to find out these uses, um, because it, it affects how they're able to work with teams of people and their own employees. Um, you know, we've had this many times where, where senior, um, you know, good, strong in corporate English language trainers have almost been able to take on a mentorship role um, mm-hmm. with um, with business people in, in in these companies because they're not just talking about language anymore. They're, they're talking about the best way to influence and affect members of their team. Absolutely, absolutely. It's how you say something is is such a big part of language learning, especially when you know in business language it's so important how you deal with people and you actually want to make them do something. Yeah. Okay, and I have one final question for you, um, mm-hmm. which is really interesting because I, I get asked a lot, and a lot, I know that a lot of people who read fluent are motivated by the idea of becoming more employable through learning a language, and they want yes. to find a job where they're using yes. a language. Um, so it's important to mention, A, that there's not just translation out there, but it's actually a whole wide world where you can use your language. Absolutely. And yeah. secondly... Um, Really, so my, my questions really would be, what are your top tips for incorporating languages in a career and how to make themselves more employable? Do you think they have to move to London? Um, no, not necessarily. I, I think that what, what people have to understand or, or probably do understand, I mean, certainly you, you will know this and, and people who um, follow you will know this, is that it's, you know, it's an increasingly competitive and internationalized market when it, when it comes to jobs. So you know, if, you're, if you're going for a position and, and somebody with the same educational background as you, um, you know, similar experience to you, but it just so happens that they can also speak Spanish and German, you know, who's the person going to choose? Um, you know, I think language skills, um, you know, perhaps they've been undervalued in the past, but, but now workforces in Europe are, are more mobile. Um, it's definitely something that you, you should look to have you know, under your belt. Mm-hmm. And where would, you, where would you put your language on a CV? Where would I put my language on the, on the CV? Um, that's a very good question, and not, not one that I've thought about. I mean, I, I put it in my own CV. It, it's in my kind of other skills section, which, which is probably not where it should be because it's at the bottom of my CV. And that's, uh, that's a very good question, Kirsten, something that I'd have to reconsider. Mm, I always used to put it at the bottom. And now, yeah. it, it, I mean, with, with new, more American CVs coming in, you can write a little profile for yourself at the top. Yeah, that's right. Which I hate because I don't know what to say about myself. But I do, <laughs> I do say I speak four languages. Yes, yes. And I, I think, and I, you know, I, I'm not an expert on, on CV writing, but, but certainly, you know, if you want to, you know, present yourself as a, as a uh, kind of an international person and that language skills are, are one of the, you know, one of your key attributes, then, then yes, it should definitely be moved from the, from the foot of the CV um, up, to, up to your personal statement or your profile. Oh, that's brilliant. Right. Thank you very much, Peter. So that's, that's pretty much me having exhausted my questions is there anything else you'd like to say to our readers or followers where can they find you online yes um they can find us online um it's www.specialistlanguagecourses.com 
Um, you know, we, we can help. Um, if you um, are a teacher of languages, we, we run a lot of teacher training courses. Um, we're also an educational agent, so if you wanted to go and study abroad anywhere, um, we can help you with that. We can give you advice on the best schools and the best locations. Um, and yeah, and find us on Facebook as well. Um, the, the Facebook and Twitter social media stuff, it, it, it's not all so serious and, and full of um, business speak about corporate language training. There's a lot of fun language learning things on there as well, so follow us there. All right, that was the end of the interview. Thanks so much to Peter, who was a lovely, lovely person to talk to. Doesn't he have the nicest accent? He sounds so good. He could, he's, he's got the radio voice, really. <laughs> so well done, Peter. Thank you very, very much. Um, and guys, I really, really want you to take action. Have a think about this thing with the languages on the CV. Get out your old CV, have a look at it and think about, hmm, can I present myself better? And can I present my language skills better? Because that's what we're after. They do make you employable. They do make you stand out. You're competing in a busy workplace out there. You know, make yourselves particularly sexy. Make yourselves stand out. Languages are needed in lots of businesses, not just the international ones. So make sure you shout it out if you do have language skills, because it's going to be in your favor and it's going to get you somewhere. Um, and if you want, why not? Post a copy of your CV or send me a little bit of feedback. Let me know if you agree that languages should be at the top of your CV and that's where they belong. Right. That's the end of my first podcast episode that I have actually made up to be a podcast episode. I'm so pleased. Uh, Peter didn't even know at the time that this was going to be a podcast episode, so I bet he's dead pleased. And I need to thank him and I need to thank you guys for staying with me for a whole 21 minutes and five seconds and listening so let's roll the outro thanks for listening to the creative language learning podcast guys don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast in itunes particularly if you enjoyed it and don't forget that you can also let me know what you're thinking you can email kirsten that's k-e-r-s-t-i-n at fluentlanguage.co.uk or you can follow me on Twitter and it's simply Fluent Language on there. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.